0: WRKS Pickens Jackson.
1: Are you ready? Yes! Yeah.
0: Now,
2: live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus studio. You
0: are listening to
2: Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Show with Bo Bow. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of radio app and on your radio at ESPN
0: 105.9. The Soul. <laughs> Ooh, we've ruffled some feathers on the bought-not-built LSU Nash baseball national title. Good morning. Welcome in. We are the Out of Bounds Show. We should all debate it at lunch or dinner. Maybe Kessler Prime, bourbon, bacon, and steaks. KesslerPrime.com. Don't forget about Long Branch Bourbon. It is delicious. Now, it's underneath the Wild Turkey portfolio and umbrella. Long Branch Bourbon. Great price point, too. Uh, Enjoy some at Kessler Prime or make sure that your your favorite local place has it. Also, your Wine and Spirits store. Briarwood Wine and Spirits has it. So that's a good thing. Long Branch Bourbon. We're asking our listeners this morning, and I'm your host, Bo Bounds. I'm with Jason. Hope you're doing well. Do you feel like the LSU Baseball Championship, National Championship, was bought, not built because of the transfer portal? The Ag Up Equipment text line is 601-885-3776. Our Twitter handle, at Bow Bounce. And our Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor Caller line is 601-707-3750. Easy go golf cars for the neighborhood. Boom. Made in America. American made. Best on the market. High quality. Got the battery and everything that you want. Easy go golf cars powered by Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoors. We're streaming live on the Zone1059.com and the Out of Bounds Radio app. And you know, War Eagle Rich cracks me up. And so we're gonna we're gonna dedicate a drop to him this morning. i believe in Auburn and love it, War Eagle. Bathe in that. Just bathe in it. Don't just get one washcloth. Get three or four. All right? Get some of that that shower moisturizer on all four of them. Ba- Let's do that one more time, Jason, please. I'll believe in Auburn and love it. War Eagle. Hmm. I just channeled something special. Uh, how much of that syrupy southern stuff is he going to drop on us in Nashville, Tennessee, a whole lot. Oh, you know what he may do? <laughs> um, you know because he's he's part preacher, part part football coach, part some would argue something else, and 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 so <laughs> I think I think he's going to drop since since SEC media days is in Nashville. I think he's going to drop a couple of country music lyrics on us. Ooh, how about that? Okay, I do. I could see that. I mean we're going to get some we're going to get some Bible verses, but but and then we'll get some analogies from other war and stuff like that, right? But but I have a feeling that we're going to get some country music lyrics because SEC Media Days is in Nashville. In fact, I've got to look and see what day. See, that's right. That week is the week I'm going to be in Lexington. At least I'll be in an SEC town. Okay. I'm going to be in Lexington, Kentucky picking out a Russell's Reserve barrel, private barrel selection like we did last year. And I can't wait. Can't wait to go see my friends. You know, there's a guy named Bo Garrett up there. And um, I had no idea. He took us on the private tour of Wild Turkey before we did the the barrel tasting to pick out the Russell's Reserve. Nice. This guy's named Bo, Bo Garrett. Okay. So he comes up to me and he goes, hey, my name's Bo. I go, hey, my name's Bo. And... About five minutes in, we realized that for over twenty five years he was the lead guitarist for Montgomery Gentry, which is a country you don't know this, but it's a country music band. They kind of took off in the I guess eighties. Okay. He's a great guy. Great guy. Just a true, true American. I mean, he's one hundred percent red, white, and blue, loves what he does. You know, I think he may have served in the military. Then for 25 years, he traveled all over the world with Montgomery Gentry, including Asia and Europe. And he's been with Wild Turkey for a while, and he loves it. And so my point in all that is, um, I will be looking. I may catch one day of SEC media days, but the rest of it, I'm going to be from afar because I'll be in Lexington taking care of very serious matters.
1: Now, that sounds like an excellent experience, but... I don't want people to forget that we did have a bet on the LSU Florida series. Oh, do I owe you lunch? The, so now I was thinking we could double or nothing for this Hugh Freed say more than four times, it's a great group of guys. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he said at least a million and a half times at Ole Miss. I so, mean, it's just a great group of guys.
0: I want the over-under on how many times he talks about the Auburn community. Then, great group of guys. Yep. How many times does he say the word love? yeah <laughs> oh now these are separate auburn <laughs> auburn community okay great group of guys love and will he drop a country music lyric or two since they'll be in nashville now i mean the coaches literally fly in 30 minutes before their media hit now they're there for about four or five hours and then they fly out but still right You get a little bit of that. And I'm heading to Nashville Friday. I'm going to the Kid Rock concert. Oh, nice. um, Saturday at Bridgestone with some of my uh, Murfreesboro crew, which I'm very, very excited about. And uh, I'm going to hit a little culinary gym while I'm there. But So I'm going to get a little bit of Nashville. And if I do make it for one day in between the barrel pick with Russell's Reserve, then I'll make it, but I'm not going for any kind of marathon deal. Did you see how many people went to the Atlanta Braves game last night, dude? <laughs> dude, I did see that. Did they? I, so I went to Truist Park for the first time last year, Jason, and it is unbelievable. Like people had told me how cool it was, and I had friends that went over to the, and I'd been to Turner Turner Field, and I'd been to Fulton County, and blah blah blah. But when I went over to SEC Media Days in Atlanta last year, because I had to go see my friend, Jimbo Fisher. He was on the last day, right? And I had to catch, you know, Fish Mania. And then I saw Jimbo Fisher do the SEC Media Days hit. And I wanted to jump on with my friend, his show, Ron Fowler, 109 The Game in Tuscaloosa. And hung out with Cole Kubalik a little bit. And it was in the College Football Hall of Fame, which I had not been to. And so that was all cool, Right. And then I go out to Truist Park for two days. It blew, like it uh, exceeded my expectations. How cool the battery is, Truist Park, and everything they've done in that area. And they pulled on a Monday night against the Twins. And I'm, I don't mean to be beaten up on your, I know you're tied to Minnesota. Yeah. And I know I already took shots at the Vikings, but nobody cares about the Twins. <laughs> I mean they're in fourth place in the a- AL Central or wet whatever. And they pull over what was it 40? forty forty thousand eight hundred and eighty
1: four 40,884 fans on a Monday night. 40,884 fans. I love that. That's I insane. love it. It's insane.
0: And I got to I got to see uh Shohei Otani uh pitch and hit obviously when I was there last year with the Angels. Wow. Um and but it, it's it's awesome. It it is worth the trip. Stay right there in that area. And it, oh gosh, Robert St. John put me on a, a high end uh I say that quality. I mean it's not expensive uh Tex Mex place. Um and it is it's a rocks throw from uh Truist Park, and it's right there in the battery, Jason. And then, of course, Burn by Rocky Patel is in the battery, and it's thirty yards from the from the ballpark, and it's a super super cool cigar bar and lounge. Um, beautiful beautiful place. I mean, like the decor, the chairs, the ball, mahogany bar, yeah. humidor. It's it's very open. You can find your. Own, I got. I went like five times in two days. And you can find your own little spot and get lost for the afternoon. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. That hit was brought to you by Spring Street Cigars in Meridian. It's brand new. It's open. If you're in Meridian, go to Spring Street Cigars and Lounge. Mike Dettillier coming up on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line at 830 WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. see the videos of uh people hooking up out in the street a little bit of nudity um with lsu (laughs) fans imagine that i mean you know this is the crew that's known for uh well you know throwing beads when people lift up their shirts does this surprise us of course it doesn't not at all i mean (laughs) this is this is lsu them Tigers went and got uh, Paul Skeens and some others, mixed them in with their uh, roster, and they won a national championship. Didn't look like a national championship team for a while, did they? You just don't ever know. I mean, Ole Miss didn't either uh, last year. And, uh, heck, Mississippi State, that was a little... A little and they had a better season overall than, than those... I mean, looked a little bit better maybe consistently, but still, they even got swept at home and... Uh, Arkansas and Missouri, you know, thing losing series. Um But LSU knocks down another title and Jay Johnson's not messing around. Neither is Marucci. Man. Raising that money for that for that transfer portal. Is this the first year
1: that the champion actually beat the first year in about three years that the champion actually beat the number one like, rated team going into the tournament? Because I remember Mississippi State's year, it was Arkansas, and they lost to NC State. Yeah. Ole Miss's year, it was Tennessee, and Tennessee lost to Notre Dame. Okay. So, but LSU actually beat Wake Forest, you know, straight up, who was the number one. Everyone thought, this is the powerhouse. You know, when Vandy got knocked out early, especially, everyone thought Wake Forest because they had the three-headed dragon in pitching. Mm-hmm. So, is this the first year in about three years that the champion actually beat the most hyped
0: up team going into the season? Well, NC uh, Arkansas wasn't the most hyped up team, even though they, uh, Vanderbilt was the most hyped up team the year Mississippi State won. Okay, I mean they were coming off winning the national championship. Well, winning two national championships and having played for another one I, I, during that window until Mississippi State ended it. Uh, Vanderbilt was the consensus for about a five-year, six-year stretch, the number one college baseball program in America. Right? I mean, uh, they just were. But, yes, that, that you know, sometimes the number one seed is spot on. Sometimes it's not. But you are exactly right. Wake, Wake was loaded. They were loaded on the mound. They had a wonderful season. Kudos to them. But LSU just LSU'd. They they got back to that postseason form of what they looked like in the 90s where they just uh, imposed their will. And just kind of the, you know, they've got, there's something, they've they've lost it for the most part the last 20 years post-Burtman. But Jay Johnson seems to have bottled it, you know. I mean, look, man, Jay Johnson ripped Mississippi State and Ole Miss's heart out when he was at Arizona, okay? (laughs) Jake Mangum will tell you that's the best baseball team he played on at MSU, the one that where Arizona came in the duty noble, and and took actually they took two. It didn't even go to game three, and they had two dudes on the mound that could flat out deal. I was at that super regional, by the way. It was at the old stadium prior to the the new one that was built a few years ago. The one that it, it was like the, like the last. No, that was when Magnum hit. The one out, and it was kind of being constructed. But one of the last big postseasons in the old stadium, okay? And um, and then Ole Miss goes out to Tucson and loses a hard-fought three-game series, right? I think I got that right. And and then Jay Johnson is hired by uh, Scott Woodward. And the rest is history, and now he's knocked down a natty um, for the first time in... About 14 years in Baton Rouge, which for LSU's a long time. Now, granted, it's harder to win it today. I'm not taking anything away from Skip Bertman, Jason. He's incredible. That what he did, recruiting, developing, motivating his players. I actually watched that docu series or whatever it is a few weeks ago. I guess I was at home by myself or something, um, and I. I you know, you just forget his whole story coming out of Miami and getting to LSU and building the LSU program. I'm not taking anything away from Skip Burtman whatsoever, but it was much easier to win it in the 80s and the 90s because not that many teams cared, okay? Today, damn near everybody in the Southeastern Conference cares. I mean, Kentucky just made a super regional. They were a, an also-ran when I was growing up. Everybody loved their coach. He stayed for like 20 years because they don't care about baseball and he didn't really have to win. And they didn't give him a lot to win with, okay? I think his last name was Madison or something. But um, my point is now everybody is in and everybody is recruiting year-round and everybody is, is trying to make the magic happen. And it's just totally different today. It's a good thing Mississippi State and Ole Miss knocked down their championship. It's harder to win. And look, travel ball, there's more money in this country and middle class and above parents will do damn near everything they can under the sun to finance a a 6 through 16 year old deal and and travel ball has never been more funded uh more reps, better coached. I mean there's a lot of ba- I mean you know what I don't know what the percentage is. 5 to 7% of it's gross and ugly and bad and 90% of it's good, I think. I think Maybe it's eighty twenty. I don't know. But either way, travel ball is huge out west. It's huge in Texas. It's even getting huge here. We have, there's more money swimming in this state. I mean, this state used to be dead, poor, broke in 1987. Totally different day to day deal. But let me tell you who's got the travel ball of travel ball Louisiana. You talking about some parents? I mean, they'll compete on drinking beer and how many crawfish you can peel in one minute. There's just <laughs> something. Look. My first job out of grad school, the company was based out of Baton Rouge. I was there all the time. They think different, act different, wired different. We're a competitive group, and we have come a long way. And our youth sports have never been better, and our high school sports have never been better, which is a good thing. And we're getting better football, basketball, baseball, softball, blah, 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 players, soccer. But here's the deal. It's a different animal over there in that state that's the boot to the left of us. It's just a different animal, and it, it. I knew about it. I've been down there a lot, but starting in 2000, when I took that job, and got to see how. I mean, you know, what am I trying to? I mean, they'll they'll compete on anything. There's just something in the water and in their blood and in their brain, and that's why an Ed Ogeron can win a national championship there that's why Les miles can win a natty and play for another one it's just the way it is I mean they produced Leonard fournette who is probably the angriest football runner I've ever seen I don't know about that but but I mean fournette was a good player um overhyped um but but yeah he was a kid who was great and un- unbelievable athlete great build but he peaked in senior year in high school that was still enough to be Really good at LSU. Now, also he had a terrible offensive approach and strategy, um, and idiot whatever. Coming out of LSU at that time with less miles, run it straight into you know the right guard's butt. Yeah, and so Alabama could stop that. He did kind of resurrect his career recently with the Bucks, and he was part of that Super Bowl team a couple of years ago with with Tampa Bay. Um, but I don't think he ran like Adrian Peterson you know that that that's a that's a different animal but anyway my point is on louisiana is travel ball look the horse is out of the barn it's on and whether you like it or i mean there's plenty of parents listening right now they're like i don't care what you say i'm all in we're going to play 70 games a year we're going to practice 5 days a week we're going to get hitting lessons we're going to travel all over and stay in crappy hotels and you know do all that and more power to them because, you, you know, it's kind of you got to have the reps and the hours this day and age to be able to play at the highest level. But, man, travel ball in the Sun Belt, that mid-Atlantic region, look at the ACC. It's a phenomenal baseball conference. And then you know about the Orlando, Atlanta, Dallas showcases, and so on. It's an absolute monster. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by... Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. That's where you go before you go to Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Mike Natelier on the Manning Passing Academy. And if LSU bought, not built, their national championship.
1: Come on. Everyone ready? This is
2: the SEC Insider Hit, Presented by your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Go local. Go with a home team.
0: Oh, the out-of-bounds show is powered by sound and communications. SoundcomAV.com. That's SoundcomAV.com. And this is 105 down the zone ESPN. Here on a Tuesday, LSU wins the national championship. There's some great video out there of LSU fans celebrating and we bring in LSU Insider, Saints Insider, Mike Dettelier. He was at the Manning Passing Academy last week. WWL Radio TV New Orleans. Mike D joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Mike D, how about them Tigers?
2: Hey, you wondered a little bit. Uh, you know, Could they carry this momentum to win it all? And then... You win a game and then lose one. So you're in the loser's bracket. So now you got to fight your way out of it. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, a masterful job of uh, managing by Jay Johnson. Uh, Jay really did a great job. Big question mark. All season long, we had him on every week. And question about his pitching other than schemes. Uh, nothing was consistent. And he was able to make it work. Him and Wes Johnson. Uh who now was gonna be the head baseball coach at Georgia. Uh they got it to work and uh, put it all in place and certainly uh you had the bats uh, most of the season back it up. Uh that were lows like anything else in baseball but um high expectations. You were preseason number one, you stayed there for fourteen weeks until lost a couple games and then Wake Forest took over as number one but uh Uh, Jay did a fantastic job here, really did, in piecing this team together. And uh, I'd have to throw uh, kudos also out to Paul Mineri, you know, because a lot of these players were guys Paul Mineri brought in. Uh, You know, everybody talks about what the transfer portal, certainly a huge part of this team. But I'll be honest, when they brought in Paul Steens, did anybody think he would be like what he was this year? You know, no one. Uh, Tommy White was brought in. He was a really good player at North Carolina State. Uh, Thatcher Heard uh, from UCLA. But Paul was the one who recruited Dylan Cruz and Cade Beloso and Thompson and Brayden Gilbert, Gavin Dugas. He had all of these guys, he recruited. And Jay knew that from day one. He, he said it was a big part of him accepting the job here, that he knew there was a really good foundation in place. <clears throat> and he was able to get some key pieces through the transfer portal, which that's going to be the, the ways of the future. Okay, you replace a guy. It's not going to be an 18-year-old high school kid. It's going to be somebody from somewhere else that comes in and makes the difference. So uh, Jay did a great job. Really, really did. Handled it really well.
0: Mike, do you know how much money Marucci uh, invested in the the NIL last year?
2: I'm not real sure of that, to be honest with you. Um, But uh, I'm sure it was quite a bit, uh, you know. And, you know, just to think about in less than 90 days, LSU has won a women's national basketball championship and a men's baseball championship. So, uh, Brian Kelly, hey, uh, time to kick it off, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, pressures on Kelly now. Oh. Uh, you know he, uh, you know he, he just saw the up the ante, so to speak, on things. And you know, if you'd have asked me this in January which team you think will win the national championship first. One would have been LSU baseball. Because of what was coming now I I had no idea Paul Skeens would be this good. No idea. But a lot of the pieces were in place for them to make a run. The two spot would have been LSU football. It wouldn't have been Kim Mulkey and LSU women's basketball because of the fact that, you know, South Carolina looked like such a daunting task to overcome. And, uh, and I think it even surprised Kim, to be honest with you. Uh, she never lowered her expectations, but I think she always thought the run would be in 2024. It wouldn't have been in 2023. And yet she got it a year early, and, and look how they've set themselves up. For another strong run, um, you know, for 2024. But, yeah, there's a little bit of pressure on Brian Kelly today. Uh, Jay Johnson did it in year two. Kim Mulkey did it in year two. Uh, Brian, you enter in year two. Hey, uh, uh, it's time to uh, maybe win it. But, man, you got to give Scott Woodward a lot of credit here, Bo. He went out immediately. He had focused in on Kim Mulkey. And he was able to land her. We all know Jay Johnson was not his first choice. But it ended up being the
0: choice. Who was? Do you remember who his first choice was, Mike?
2: I really think everything being open. Bianco. And listen, it, don't hurt, it don't hurt you to ask. Was that he went after the Florida head coach.
0: Oh. Oh, Sullivan. And then Bianco. And then Jay Johnson, maybe? Or... And the former Oregon State coach. Oh, Pat Casey?
2: He went after Pat, but that was pushback, And we all know the situation would happen there with him in the picture. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. Off the field stuff. Man, there were a lot of board of supervisors, people that told me, there ain't no way in the world (laughs) I would accept Pat Casey coming here. It's not going to happen. But. It doesn't matter because I don't think Brian Kelly was his first choice either. Okay. Uh, I think we all know that if he had his brothers, he would have tried to bring Jimbo
0: Fisher here. That'd and, have been a Jimbo, terrible hire. Good grief. And,
2: and sometimes um, your first instincts are right. And sometimes they're not. And Jimbo decided to stay at Texas a because of their, recruiting class that was coming in, and there was no doubt he flirted with Lincoln Riley. Uh, He won't admit it, okay? Nobody's going to say it, but he flirted with Lincoln Riley, and when Lincoln decided, I'm going to SC, then he turned to Brian Kelly. My thing about it is it doesn't matter who you maybe talk to, who you maybe like better. It's who you end up with, okay? In the long run, it's who you ended up with. And he, look, look the choices he made. If you think about it, in Moki, in Jay Johnson, in Brian Kelly, how it has changed his program. Uh, now the jury's still out on Mac McMahon as the LSU basketball coach because he's got a tall mountain to climb to catch up in the SEC, a really tall mountain, uh, to, to kind of glance to. But uh, he, boy, he's made three tremendous choices there. In, in sports, and really has been, um, I, I think, so much more competent and more focused athletic director than what they had before in Joe Oliva.
0: Yeah. Oh, Joe. Huh. Do you even know where he is now? Do you know where Joe Oliva is, Mike? Is he retired or um, working? I'm pretty sure he's retired. Okay. And uh,
2: he had always talked about going back to duke uh, to north Car- in the north carolina area he 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 always talked about when this was going to be over for him that he would retire and go back into the north carolina area
0: okay oh mike i know i want what what i wanted to talk to you about too uh, mike ditillier wwl radio tv new orleans i want to talk about the lsu qb room we'll get to mpa manning passing academy here in just okay. a minute but yeah. um okay so with jaden you know you. You've got the best SEC, or one of the best, one of the best quarterbacks in the country coming back, and with with Nussmeier behind him, do you believe that LSU has the best quarterback room, or Ole Miss with Dart and and Sanders, or I mean, I, I know Howard's there, but they don't expect him to play this year. Uh, there may be another one, but but how would you rank it as far as QB rooms, Mike?
2: Yeah, I would give LSU the nod. But, man, its I think it's fairly close. <laughs> a lot closer than a lot of LSU people would want to admit. Uh, I just think Lane did a great job of, of having that room set up the way it is. With Dart and then bringing in Saunders from Oklahoma State, and then he's got Howard in the wings. At LSU, because of Daniels, is all-around skills. And he's improved so much as a passer, and you could see it. Uh, we always knew he could run the ball and and he was a threat, big time as a runner. But he is so much more comfortable thrown from the pocket. Now I get to talk to him last Friday for quite some time, and he said that that was a big part of it uh, of being comfortable in that pocket. And remember, he's a transfer guy, so he didn't have a lot of time to work with the receivers. And then I think they all went to California last year for a short time, tried to get that down, but it was still up and down throughout the year until late. And then Jaden took a fire uh, as a player, and he's much more confident this year in the system. Also, two people got to remember he played last year behind two freshman tackles. But I. If memory serves me, Ole Miss had two freshman tackles also, right?
0: That's a good question, Mike D. Jason, look that up for me, please. I'm
2: pretty sure they both played with two freshman tackles. I know LSU did. I know Ole Miss had at least one, and I'm thinking it's two. Man, you're a new quarterback in a new system, and you got two 18-year-olds protecting you. Now, Mason Taylor is a tremendous tight end prospect. He was an 18-year-old freshman, too. So I think it's set up, and I always look at it, when you're trying to pick a team that can win a national championship, you, the keys are, one, you got to have an experienced quarterback. Secondly, i like to see at least three to four returning linemen, especially the center a big-time playmaker out at wide receiver, an edge pass rusher, a dominant linebacker, and a really good secondary. LSU has got all those checked off, but the final one. Because I can't tell you who's going to start at cornerback at LSU this year. Hmm. And neither could Brian Kelly. Uh, It's a lot of transfer people and how that mixes. If you look at how Georgia and Alabama has run this and you look at that sort of blueprint, basically they had it there. And Georgia, (laughs) I think what was underrated with them because their front seven was so good was the talent they had in the secondary to match up. And it didn't matter who they played. They matched up. And... One of the things with Kirby, and I noticed from Pete Jenkins, you know, he said, you know, Kirby does some things with his corners and safeties, not a lot of teams do, and that is almost use them like a hybrid linebacker and and getting pressure. He trusts that his corners can one on one downfield with people. Well, years ago, that was the strength of LSU. It's not. It's a lot of the unknown at LSU of who is going to be. There's talent there, but who is going to be the corners at LSU and the nickel cornerback at LSU? I think the safeties are fine, but I'm unsure about that cornerback. And if you have question marks there, guess what Florida State's doing? Come on, it ain't no mystery. Uh, I'm going right after LSU, uh, throwing the football, and I'm going to challenge those corners right off the bat. I'm going to challenge him.
0: Mike Dettelier, WWL Radio TV New Orleans on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Okay, so Mike, walk me through this. The Manning Passing Academy, it's cool. It's it's Eli and Peyton and Archie and all this. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's probably something you can take away, but then there's uh, uh, it may be tough to gauge because they're not going against the live bullets and so on. But, you know, I guess as far as college QBs, uh, who we can do more than one, but let's start with number one. Who was the most impressive quarterback at the Manning Passing Academy?
2: Drake May from North Carolina. Okay. Uh, Archie and I sat down talked. He came with us, uh, for our time on WWL Friday. And before we started talking, I said, Drake May, you know, he reminds me of a young Andrew look. And he's like, Mike, that's a really good comparison. That's who he looks like physically. Uh, He can make all the throws. Really smart young man. Genetics, man, he got it. Uh, Dad, brother, you name it, uncles, uh, they're all major college sports. And in his first year, I thought he really played pretty well, especially early on. He kind of trailed a little bit later. And maybe that had to do with things beyond his control. But I I was impressed with him, how he handled the situation. When you lose all those people to the NFL, they they had two running backs get picked in the um, second round, and they lost a couple of key receivers. And he handled that offense so well. And you could see it. His poise, his ability to throw a very catchable football. He's got a strong arm. I think his best throws – in the medium-range areas of the field, anywhere from 12 to 25. That's what he really does best. But the guy that won the Anthony Richardson Award this year was Joe Milton III. Uh, My goodness. Um, We were sitting in the back end zone, and it was funny. Cooper was saying, okay, guys, back there. (laughs) And he knew I was sitting back there. Y'all better be careful. Joe Milton's up. He threw a pass over 70 yards on a dart in a corner of the end zone to a receiver that he caught. His first pass, he threw it over 70. The receiver dropped it, hit him right in a bad place in the hands. (laughs) But Joe Milton, physically, um, he is so much like Anthony Richardson from Florida. And he did the backflip. Just like Richardson oh, did last Lord.
0: year. Oh, good. He, he,
2: he spun in the Jinxed air. Jinxed himself. I'm like, good gracious. He's a very confident young man from Pahokee, Florida. And uh, we got a chance to talk. And, you know, in the interview, he talked about being scuffed in life. You know, it's, nobody gave me anything. I was scuffed, though. I go to Michigan. It didn't work out. I go to Tennessee. And. Hendon Hooker, I told him what Hooker had told me last year. Hinton told me the next big thing in, in the, the SEC is going to be Joe Milton III. He said the only thing keeping him back is consistency. Wow. He said that's why I'm the starter and he's not. Wow. Hook, Hooker was very open about, man, that guy is talented. But he spoke about <clears throat> that was something he had to gain. And he gained it at Tennessee, the consistency, to do it play after play. And he said the only thing keeping him back is is being consistent. But, uh, man, he's got a chance uh, to be really special in an offense that uh, is certainly going to be quarterback friendly with Josh
0: Heupel. Oh, Heupel's so good. All right, behind Drake May, take out the, you know, throwing at 70 yards. But guys that just sharp, clean, progressions, accurate Behind May, who would you you know? Who would you put in like two and three and four spots, Mike D? Uh,
2: Michael Pinnock, Jr. from Washington mm-hmm. was very impressive. Uh, Jaden Daniels from LSU would have to be in that in that group, and a young man by the name of Cameron Ward from Washington, who I saw. So we had a long talk. He actually came shake hands with me. I was on the sidelines, Nickel State playing in Cornet Word, and um, his dad listens to WWL. And so he, he came talked talk, shake hands with me and everything else, and it, I got to meet his dad uh, while I was standing on the sidelines. And then he, he has a, a great run in Cornet Word, then he goes to Washington State. And so I would say other than Drake May, Joe Milton, certainly Michael Penix.
0: Okay, what about this, Mike? Uh, were Dart and Will Rogers there?
2: Rogers was, Dart wasn't. How did Rogers look? Rogers always looked solid. I mean, he, he knows where to go with the football. He's in that system where it's quick reads and not get rid of the football fast. <clears throat> and you could tell <laughs> his accuracy skills, his touch. Where I think he's gotten better, Bo is arm strength. He looks stronger throwing the football deeper downfield than what I remember a year ago. uh, I thought maybe some of the passes sort of maybe kind of fluttered a bit on the deeper throws. I thought he was much better on the deeper throws this year. Much better, so I think he's worked on physically getting stronger. And as you get a little older, sure, uh, in maturity, you're going to get stronger uh, throwing the football. So uh, I th- I thought Rodgers looked very, very good, very good.
0: Um, so Dart wasn't there. Sp- Spencer Sanders, I guess, wasn't there. Was Walker no, was How- Howard no, there?
2: I-, I did not see Walker there.
0: Okay, I Did not. See All right, Walker but there. but but Will Rogers visibly looked stronger. Um, then, then twelve well, the
2: months ago, because the one thing I've always talked about, Will, is how accuracy is on that short intermediate stuff. Now, listen, you you you're not playing in that leech offense without being accurate. Sure. Short intermediate, you you got it. That's that's always was something Mike stressed, and he was, and I will say, Will was really good at it. Where he's gotten better is on the intermediate longer throws where there's not as much air under it. And he he was pinpoint. He was very good. But he's always been a very accurate passer, always has been. But I think what's going to be the difference this year is his ability to get out the deeper throws. And, and that, I know Drew used to always talk about it, and Tate Manning has spoke about it. The hardest throw in football is those longer throws. And it, sometimes it's a touch issue. Sometimes it's just getting enough air under it. Sometimes it's arm strength. Because Peyton was open about, at the end of my career, I couldn't do that anymore. You know, that had been taken away from him. And it, and, and that's what Drew lost also late in his career. Right, right. That's and, a good point. So, uh, I, I do think if I'm building that offense at state, I I would add a little bit more of the deeper throws.
0: I think I think Barbe will the new OC. I, 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 think, I, I think I think
2: it's so. part of it because I can see Will is physically stronger and can make those throws better than he could earlier in his career.
0: Thanks, Mike D. Uh, we're off next Tuesday, but we'll either hook up the next week or later in the week. Thanks, buddy to we'll it. Thank you, brother. Um, and happy fourth to our friend, Mike Detillier who's awesome and been awesome for the last 10 years or so on the show. WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. Hey, that interview is brought to you by our friends at Sound and Communications. Soundcomab.com. Audiovisual, right? Acoustics, audio, video, lighting. They can design and install. your government building, school, church, sports facility, all powered by sound and communications. Soundcomab.com.